Let's get into the word of the Lord today, Numbers chapter 13. It's good to be here with you today. I'm glad for each of you being here to our guests. God bless you and thank you for being in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Numbers chapter 13. This is kind of a lengthy reading. I'm going to begin with verse 25, reading down through uh, verse 33. Numbers 13, verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And when they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, Who came into the land whither thou sentest us? And surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in that land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Heatites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men went up with him, said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I want you to notice that 33rd verse and the last phrase. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. By the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach for a little bit on the grasshopper complex. Lord, help us this morning to speak what you have laid upon our heart. I pray, God, that you open every mind and every heart today to receive what the Spirit says expressly. To this congregation today. Lord, the areas in which I fail to be able to speak clear direction, I pray, Lord, that the Spirit of God takes your word and develops it into the thought process of your people. And I give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Do you know there is great great power in your words. 
the way you see yourself and the way you speak of yourself will have a lot to do with the way others see you and the way that others speak of you. The scripture said we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight. The issue here, I believe, is that before you're ever as a grasshopper in the enemy's sight, first you're a grasshopper in your own sight. So can I preach to all the grasshoppers this morning? On the grasshopper complex. Israel was at a crossroads in their journey. After years of travel and after some intense time with God in the desert, after some battles against overwhelming odds, they stood at the crossroads of victory. Not the final victory that they had anticipated, but the victory of one phase of the journey. They could literally look across the river and they could see the land that flowed with milk and honey. They could taste the honey, golden in color, adding some flavor to the dry, tasteless manna that God had faithfully supplied them for 40 years. I can imagine their mouths watered at the thought of this golden honey adding some flavor to their menu. After 40 years of eating the same thing day after day, God had provided for them for 40 years in the wilderness. But now things are about to change. As soon as they crossed over the river, God had prepared the land to provide for them. A land flowing with milk and honey. It would be a feast of reward for their hard travels. Can't you imagine the wives' excitement at not having to pack up a tent and move again? The excitement of having four walls and a solid roof over their head. I, I can almost hear the men discussing where they're going to build the tool shop. Talking about when they're going to plant their crops and how long it's going to take to break the soil, what the seed, what, what, what seed would be best to plant in this fertile soil to bring about the greatest harvest in this promised land. Boys and girls are running and yelling. Dogs are barking everywhere you turn. There's excitement in the air. All they have to do now is just simply cross over this little river. And they are at the journey's end. They are standing with anticipation, waiting for the reports of those 12 men who were sent out to explore this new land that God had promised. And they come back with the report. The land is everything you had hoped for. The land is everything you said it was going to be. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a land with fruit so great that we brought you a sample because we knew that you wouldn't even believe how great it actually is. 
The land is a beautiful land. It is a plenteous land. It is a land that will produce everything you would ever hope for, but the land has people in it. It's an occupied land. This isn't just a barren land that has gardens growing. It's, there are people there, a lot of people there, and these people are they're, they're, they're a healthy people, and, and, and they're, they're people of war. And, and, and you, you need to go see this. this is, it, it, is a, it is all that you wanted in the land, but you must understand that there are so many people there and such quality of people. And the, 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 the promise of going to the land is, is obviously thwarted now because there is no possible way if you, if you saw the people that were there. And then finally, the crescendo of the report should scare everyone. The sons of Anak are there. The giants are in the land. Those who are giants and the sons of giants are in the land. The obstacles are so great and so powerful. And yet, a man of faith rises and looks and says, well, there is nothing impossible for us. We can go and we can take the land. There is always a prophet that's going to speak a word in due season. We can go take the land. We can conquer. We can overthrow the, the people. We can... We can take the land. We, we must go now. Let's prepare ourselves and to go. And, and the spies get together and they huddle up and they come back and they're like, no, you haven't been there. I appreciate your word of faith, but you haven't lived in the reality of where we have lived. I have experience over you. You must understand we've been there and we've seen it. And we cannot, they absolutely contradicted the word of their leader who said they could. And they said, we cannot. Yes, it's everything you want. It all sounds great. It sounds wonderful and it sounds good. But there are people there. And the land is filled with giants. I wonder, ladies and gentlemen, how many times that we have gone after the promises of God in our life. And we have allowed people and obstacles to keep us from going after what God is speaking into our lives. Israel's reaction can be found in Numbers chapter 14. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel murmured against Moses. Watch. They wept that night and all the people murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Or would God that we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey? Were it not better for us to return back to Egypt? 
But I came this morning to remind you of the words Brother Danny preached a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going back to Egypt. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, is an immobilizing factor that every person deals with at some point in their life. When fear enters the hearts of people, they will reach new levels of insanity. Here God has delivered them. They have come through the Red Sea. They have come through the wilderness wandering. God has put clothes on them that didn't wear out, sandals on their feet. He has fed them every morning. He has given them a little quail and some manna. They have been blessed of God. They have, they have been led by, by clouds, by fire. God has met with them. He has healed them in their moments of sickness. He has provided for them at their moments that they did not know. Now they stand at the precipice of their journey looking across the, across the river, ready to cross over into the promised land. But they allow fear to come and to grip their hearts and to tell them they cannot do what they are called to do. I heard someone this week begin to share some information with somebody. I listened to them talk. I listened to the words they used as they talked. I listened as they made excuses. I listened as they, as they found a way to, 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 to try to describe what was going on in their life. I didn't step in. I didn't make say a word. I didn't say anything whatsoever. But it came through so clear that that individual was seeing themselves as a grasshopper. They were seeing the obstacles before them greater than what their God is able to provide. They saw the obstacle greater than God. They saw the people greater than their God. They saw the impossibilities too great for them to be able to see through eyes of faith. So instead of seeing through eyes of faith, they, throw, they saw through the eyes of a grasshopper. The question is, and always will be, what will we do with the report that has been given us? What are you going to do with the report when the doctor says, this is what's going on? Are you going to see your faith weak? Or are you going to stand strong and say, I've seen God be able to make a way before? When you don't know what to do and the report comes back that it's impossible, are you going to believe the report? Whose report will you believe? Israel had a reason to fear the Canaanites. The Canaanites were better armed than them. This, these are the list of facts. These are the list of realities that they were up against. The Canaanites were better armed than the people of God. They had horses. They had chariots. They had weapons made of iron. They were experienced in warfare from internal battle for centuries. They were an experienced and armed people. I would say that the people of God had a reason to be fearful. But I come this morning to remind you that just because things look one way doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan to deliver you out of another. 
God is waiting to see if you've got enough faith to step into the water to cross the river before he ever provides for you an answer or a way to get out the other side. They were fearful of the Canaanites because the Canaanites lived in a fortified city. They lived in a fortified city. Their city was surrounded by walls. Israel lived in tents. It's kind of hard to push off a counterattack when you live in tents in the middle of a wilderness. When your enemy are living in a walled city that seemingly is indestructible. They were rightfully fearful of the Canaanites because the Canaanites were physically bigger. They were bigger in stature than were the children of Israel. There were giants in the land, and there were sons of giants in the land. All of the people were large physically. They were of great physical stature. They, it, it appeared that everything, that, that all odds were stacked against them. With this reasons, they were afraid. And, and, and they were way too af- afraid to ever consider attacking the Canaanites. But there is one thing that the people had not yet considered that I believe their leader had understood. And that's why he said, let's go, let's cross over, and let's take the land. The people became afraid. They began to murmur and complain. They began to want to die. They said they would rather die going back to Egypt than going in and trying to fight and conquer what God had promised to them. Here they are now standing ready to cross over the river and fear had smitten them. Fear had struck their hearts. They now listen to the reports of the spies that went in and the spies come back and the spies say we were look like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And then to them we also looked like grasshoppers. It is impossible in our own mind. This is what they're saying. When the man of God said we can, they said we've been there. We cannot. We can. No, no, no. We can not. You have to understand what the odds are. We can. My family will be saved. My family will be healed. And then all of a sudden along comes the voice of fear saying your family's never going to be saved. Your family's never going to be healed. Here's all the reasons why. Don't you know people die from cancer? Don't you know people die from heart disease? Don't you know people die of diabetes? Don't you know people die of lupus? Don't you know these diseases are impossible? Don't you know these are things that kill people? I rebuke fear in the name of the Lord out of this building and out of your mind this morning. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, fear needs to go. We can be healed because by His stripes we are healed.
We first talked about a building. We didn't know how we were going to do some things. All I knew was that I had a word from the Lord. I had a man call me, and he said, what in the world are you doing? I think you've lost your mind. He said, this is too great for you in the city that you're in. It's impossible to be able to do what you're trying to do. A few days ago, I had a gentleman stop by to pay me a short visit. He pulled me aside. He said, I I remember when I looked at you and told you that you would never get it done. And I came here today to tell you that you're never going to get it done without it destroying you. You need to pay attention to what you're doing. You need to stop what you're doing. But I come today to tell you his words didn't strike fear in my heart. I know a God that is for us. I'm looking around and seeing the reports and I come this morning to say if God be for us, who can be against us? On the word of the Lord, the church is going to grow. Revival's going to come. We will finish building phase one and we will move into building phase two and phase three in revival. Revival will come in the midst of building. It's going to happen in the name of the Lord. Somebody said to me, don't you know a church can't make it through a 16 to 18 month building project? It is impossible. The people will begin to wonder. People will begin to leave. People will go other places. They will get tired. They will get weary. I come this morning to tell you in the name of the Lord, we may finish this project ahead of schedule. If we don't, we're going to fight till the end. But if we do, we're going to give God glory because that means the sooner we finish this project, the sooner we move into the next phase. Don't tell me what we can't do. Somebody speak a word of faith and say we can. We can. We can. We can. Pastor, don't you know? Don't you know you're a grasshopper? Don't you know? Don't you know you don't have the ability to do this? Don't you know? Don't don't you know you've never walked this way before? Don't you know that this little church in Frankfurt can't accomplish this? Don't you know that revival is going to be limited in our city? I come rebuking that in the name of the Lord. I'm looking around at churches in smaller towns than us that have more people than we have, and I believe God's going to give us a double portion. We still have enough people to have revival. There's still enough outreach efforts to have revival. We refuse to be limited by our setting. Don't get that thought in your mind. Don't say we're large. We're a large church in a small city. No, we're a small church that is growing. Don't get a grasshopper mentality. We can't because of where we are. We can't because of who our leader is. We can't because of finances. We can't because of our location. We can't because of our lack of education. I come today to remind you that when you begin to see yourself as a grasshopper, the enemy will also see you as a grasshopper. If you don't see yourself as a grasshopper, the enemy won't see you as a grasshopper. I serve the devil warning this morning. He better know what he messes with before he messes with Christian Life Church. Because we're a people of prayer. And we're a spiritual people that's willing to fast and pray and seek the face of God and go to battle on our knees. God was literally on their side. God had brought them this far. He had taken them through the other battles. He had told them to claim and to occupy the land. But the people 
or wanting to go back to Egypt. My friends, you and I are called by God to occupy some territory. While I've mentioned a building project, I'm not preaching about physical land or property. But nonetheless, God has called us to occupy some territory, including a building project. Most of the time, we are afraid. The unknown is frightening to most of us. Much of the time, our reasons for being afraid are legitimate. The Canaanites are bigger than we are. They live in cities and we in tents. They are better armed. They have experience. But if we're not careful, fear will cause us to have a doubting heart. And a doubting heart will cause us to forget the previous victories of God parting the Red Sea. Maybe, maybe they mistook God's discipline for them grumbling and living in disobedience. And they thought that God had just forsaken them. Perhaps they didn't understand why the waters of Moriah turned bitter and 3,000 people died from drinking it. Maybe they didn't perceive it as God's punishment for building a golden calf. The hardships of the journey mingled with God's correction seemed to make trusting an invisible God to fight a visible adversary way too much to ask. Besides, they were tired. They had been traveling in a wilderness for 40 years. Perhaps they were too tired to fight. They didn't have Paul there to tell them now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He hadn't written it yet. They didn't have a James there to say that whatever you ask, you must ask with faith believing and not doubting. Because he who doubts is like a wave in the sea tossed to and fro. But a man should not think that he would receive anything from the Lord. If he does, he is a double-minded man. And he is unstable in all of his ways. Above all of these things, Israel is suffering from a distorted self-image. I'm preaching this morning about your spiritual self-image. I am tired of hearing people say, I can't. Because of who I am. I can't because of what is against me. I can't because of where I came from. I can't because the obstacles are too great for me. We need to lose our distorted self-image. Erwin Lutzer suggested that our self-perception is the foundation on which we will build our future. Let me help you with this. Some of you need to change your mindset. You need to walk out of this building today speaking things that are positive 
I get tired when people say, well, I speak reality. No, you're speaking the lack of faith. Start saying God is for me. Start saying I can by the help of the Lord. I may be weak, but he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. These spies saw themselves as grasshoppers and were willing to risk the future of an entire nation on that one analysis. An interesting and important footnote is that Joshua chapter 2 verse 9 tells us that the Canaanites literally shook in their boots at the thought of having to do battle with Israel. just want to let that settle in. They were as grasshoppers in their own eyes. And they thought they were grasshoppers in the Canaanites' eyes. But the scripture says that when the Canaanites thought about having to do battle with Israel, they were huddled over in the corners, trembling in their boots, saying, there is no way I want to do battle with them. Do you know what happens to people that touches those people? For their God fights for them. For they win battles by breaking pictures and letting light shine. They win battles by marching around walls. They win battles by just going to God in prayer. The Canaanites were more afraid of them than what they were the Canaanites. But their distorted self-image caused them to believe that even the Canaanites were afraid of them when instead the Canaanites are trembling in their boots. i got to come this morning and tell you that the thing you're afraid of is more afraid of you and your God than you are of it. You need to speak a word of faith this morning. You need to look the enemy in the face. You need to look your sickness in the face today and say you're more afraid of me than I am of you. You need to look your circumstance in the face today and say I'm not afraid of you, but you better be afraid of me and my God. Because greater is he that is within me. So the biblical records show just how wrong their mental self-image was. Just in case you're not aware of this, Satan works to defeat us in our mind. He seeks to convince all of us. I heard somebody here a while back said they walked in a room and they saw two people, two acquaintances. And when they walked in, they saw those two acquaintances turn to one another, huddle, and start talking, and they were certain that they were talking about them. It caused them to be furious. It caused them to be somewhat heartbroken. They thought they'd never done anything to them. They've never done anything against them. Why would they treat me that way? They stood in the corner. They talked between themselves. They were unfriendly. So much so that it affected the individual so greatly that he thought, I'm going to leave. 
and I'll never speak to them again. When just before they left, the social gathering was coming to an end. One of the two men walked over to his acquaintance, and he said, Sir, if you don't mind, I just want to shake your hand. I'm not sure if you remember me. He said, well, of course I remember you. I, of course I do. How would I ever forget you? I, 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 I think of you often. How, how are you and how are things? He said, oh, things are wonderful. I can't believe you remembered me. He said, I was just standing over telling my friend how successful that you have become, how blessed you are. was talking about how your business has grown and developed. Talked about how you're doing so wonderful in life. Talking about your family. Talking about how all of the good things that are happening and then how healthy you are and how you have regained your health and how things are going so good and so positive for you. And we stood talking with you and, 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 and even a moment, maybe even a little envy came over us as we were talking. It is so good to know you. Would you mind if I call you once in a while and stay connected to you? I would like to be connected to somebody as successful as you. The man walked out of the room and wrote a book and he said in his book, he said, there is a great example of why that you never look at somebody and judge what they're saying in a corner and think they are against you because it may be that they're intimidated of you just because the enemy shows up and you you recognize the enemy near you once in a while doesn't mean that you got to be afraid the enemy may be shaking in their boots like the Canaanites were shaking in their boots against the people of God why don't somebody this morning get a different self image and know God's on your side. God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? If we see Satan as unbeatable, he is. If we see ourselves as grasshoppers, we are. But if we can ever see Satan for what he truly is, he is a foe, he is an adversary, he also has a certain end. Because this book tells me that he's going to be bound. <laughs> and we're going to be free. <laughs> this book tells me that he's destined to an eternal pit. <laughs> but it tells me that the child of God is, is destined <laughs> to an eternal heaven. Oh, if I could get you to understand this morning that your foe, your adversary, and your enemy is more mouth than he is action. He is more intimidation than he has power. Oh, come on, child of God. Some of you don't even believe what I'm preaching this morning. You need to stand up and look your adversary in the face today and begin to speak a word of faith. If we never see Satan as defeated, he'll never be defeated. 
But if you can see Satan defeated, you're getting on the right track. Let me challenge you this morning as I'm approaching my close. Can you possibly see yourself as a child of God? Do you even know what that means? Come here, Jim. Do you know what it means to be a child of God? Listen, he's bigger than I am. Stronger than I am. He's not afraid of anything, but I'm going to tell you what. The enemy wants to mess with him. The enemy's got to mess with me. He may be 21, soon to be 22. Can y'all help me, folks? He needs to find. I'm just saying. But before the enemy can ever get to him, the enemy's got to get through me. Because he may be 21, but he's still my child. He doesn't look like a child, but in my mind, he's my child. You may not look much like a child. You may feel like you may feel like it's age that is against you. You may feel, but I'm telling you, when you are a child of God, I, I believe that the, the, the songwriter wrote it right when he said, God is fighting for us. Pushing back the darkness. Ah, come on, somebody needs to understand. First of all, I am a child of God. And if I am a child of God, God's not going to let anything happen to me that he hasn't approved. And if he hasn't approved for me to go through it, it's not going to come against me anyway. The only thing that's coming into my life is something that God approved for me to go through because he trusted and he knew what I was able to handle. So I'm challenging you this morning to see yourself as a child of God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been in. You don't know how unworthy I am. You don't know the, the mess I've made of my life. Can somebody this morning see themselves as a child of God? Can somebody this morning see themselves as forgiven? There's a great deal that you got to, I'm going to throw some heavy stuff at you this morning. Can somebody in this house today see yourself as accepted? I know everybody's looking to how they fit in and where how they can be a part and you're looking for your own values in life, but you're a child of God. That automatically means that if you're a child of God, you've been forgiven. You are accepted and you are destined to be victorious. Your adversary is destined to hell. You are destined to victory. If I had any running people in the house, you would already be running around the aisles right now. If I had any shouting people in the house, you'd already be shouting. If I had any dancing people in the house, you ought to already be dancing. Because what I am telling you this morning is that no matter where you are in life, you are victorious. I am a child of God. I've been forgiven. I've been accepted. I am victorious. Satan is defeated. Satan is dethroned. Satan will be bound. 
The grasshopper complex causes us to feel inferior to certain situations that we are well able to confront by the power of the Holy Ghost that works within us. Some of us fall apart. You need to rise up this morning and say, I got God on the inside of me. If God be for me, I'll handle this by faith. I'll handle this with a word of faith. I'll handle this by the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, just for a moment, I'm trying to close. The grasshopper complex is like looking into a bent mirror that distorts our own selves, self-image. It distorts our image and it distorts the image of those that are around us. And if we're not careful, we will even see God through our distorted mirrors. The issue with Israel is that they had become double-minded. They kept one eye on the world The grasshopper complex is caused because you have not focused both eyes on him. If somebody this morning would place both eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, the things of this world would grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Imagine the Israelites were brought out of Egypt so that they could be brought into Canaan. Now they stand poised between these two events, fearful to move ahead and unable to go back. Did you get that? They were fearful to go forward, but they were unable to go back. I read the other day, Somebody wrote, and it was powerful, God gets the glory when we accept a task that is so large that if God doesn't undertake, we will be taken under. The grasshopper complex will keep you from taking a step of faith like that. Would you dare to step into something that is so big if God doesn't step in, we're going under. But if we go under, we're going under with faith and we're going on under clinging to his nail-scarred hands. Abraham was called out not even knowing the land that he was going to. I got, he, he, had to he had to go out and wait for God to tell him where he was going to. Finally, God told him, hey, right where you are, all the land that's here, this is yours, you finally got here. We're sitting on the sideline waiting for God to give us direction. You go here, you go there, you get there. When you get there, you're going to see a big oak tree. You go 55 paces this way, you go this direction, and this is what I'm going to do. And until God says it, we're not going to take a step of faith. Would there be any apostolics in the house that would take a step of faith this morning to see yourself greater than the obstacle of going ahead? If you stay where you are, you're not going to survive. If you go back to Egypt, you're not going to survive. Why don't we he goes full steam ahead by faith into the promises of God. Stand with me this morning. The issue is, is that we must become so uncomfortable in our present circumstance that we are willing to risk everything to go after our promise by faith. 
we must get to the point where we don't care what people think about us. Well, the promised land's everything you said it was. The problem is there's people, and those people are giants. Did you know that when David went against Goliath, never one time did David ever call Goliath a giant. Everybody else called him a giant. David never saw him as a giant. David referred to him as an uncircumcised Philistine. Because a grasshopper, he's never going to kill a giant. But a grasshopper can kill an uncircumcised Philistine. Oh, I wish you could get this this morning. I wish somebody would let this get in their spirit today. Does anybody want to go with me into the unknown? Anybody want to take a step of faith today into your promise? It may mean getting your feet wet. It may mean your reputation. But by faith in the Word of God, we're going forward. I'm not going back. We're going forward. The enemy better look out. He ought to be shaking in his boots. Because if I could just get a, a couple dozen people in here this morning to get a hold of what this preacher's been preaching about, hell's going to have a bad day because he's going to be shaking in his boots because he knows if one puts a 1,000 to flight and two ten thousand, what would happen if CLC really got a hold of this this morning and began to speak a word of faith and began to say, God's for us. Devil, you better run because this is your last chance come on throw your hands in the air reach out to the Lord this morning God's for us today come on come with your praise on come with praise on your lips today come with praise in your heart come with praise in your hand clap Come lifting up your voice today. God is for us. God is for us. God is for us. Here's what I want you to do this morning. Now here's the, here's the shift. Here's the transition. Here's the transition. Here's the mental, emotional, and spiritual shift that I want to speak to you about this morning. Before you ever cross over into the promised land, you must know the Lord says you've got to go dispossess the land. You've got to throw out the inhabitants thereof. That means you've got to go fight. So you've got to know before you ever step into the water to cross over. Even if God rolls back the water, which he did, so you walk through on dry ground. That when I get out the other side, there's going to be a little season of celebration. 
But then it's going to be met with a fight. You are in the fight for your life. Do you understand that? You are in the fight for your future. You are in the fight for your own existence. It doesn't matter this morning if you've been living for God for, for 50 years or if this is your first time in an apostolic service. doesn't matter today. We're all in the fight for our lives. But we've got to get a mentality shift in our mind. Number one, I'm not a grasshopper. With God on my side, God's greater than anything. God's more powerful than anything. God's for me, and if God be for me, who's going to be against me? So your prayer this morning, for the next four or five minutes, I want your prayer to be today, I am going to step into this thing fully. It's not just a little response to preaching, but I want to step into my future. I want to step in by faith today, and, and I want to go forward by faith, knowing that God's going to fight for me. But if I've got to fight till the end, I will fight unto death, because God is for me. Anybody in the house ready to go after it you've been struggling in faith you've been struggling with finances been struggling with your health are you ready to fight for victory are you ready to fight for victory today come on throw your hands in the air right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ every person in this room whatever their giant is whatever their obstacle is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I declare victory I declare victory as they make and a decision to fight today, I declare victory in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Pushing back the darkness, yes. lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. God is fighting for us. Pushing back. 